is the dad report, yo. Justin, I'm tired. <laughs> you know why? I'm tired because I stayed up last night watching oh. <laughs> the Georgia Bulldogs. I put a pounding. I, I did not on someone. <clears throat> yeah, the Horned Frogs. Uh, they uh, they're feeling it. They're feeling it. I saw some great jokes today where it said the plague of locusts had finally ended. Uh, not locusts. Um, there was a plague of frogs, right? One of the ten plagues yes. from Egypt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw some. I had a pastor friend who was his seminary, where he is getting his doctorate is I guess right next door to TCU and so they went to the game and then today he's been posting how he's been sitting in a 10 hour seminar I can't even imagine how you retain information in a 10 hour seminar but anyway he was cracking some jokes on Facebook about uh, like the plague of the frogs is done and stuff like this show so my my people last night were talking about my my people meaning my wife and my children yeah uh we're talking about how there's really not a horned frog i cannot confirm or deny this here's what they were saying that there's no such thing as a horned frog that what they what that thing really is is a horny toad and they just didn't <laughs> want to say that because they're a christian university <laughs> can't say toads they don't want to say toads again i have not fact checked yeah. it i have yeah, no man. idea i just thought it was funny so that's great. All hey, right. so Justin, I have a question for you. Yeah. Yeah. What color is the wind? I don't know. It's blue. <laughs> <laughs> he's laughing in his hat because it's he doesn't want to admit that he's laughing. That was funny. It's blue. All right, Chad. Well, where are we where are we going tonight conversationally <clears throat> as this blows through? Oh yeah. So um Shauna and I were having an interesting conversation, and I don't remember where it came from, or actually even really where it went. I just uh I remember texting you something about it, just that it might be something interesting to talk about, get your take, because uh, so we're both involved in student ministry. Um, mm-hmm. You a little more deeply than I am, right? You are Just a youth a pastor. I yeah. am not. I am, as we know, in 1122 land as a uh, a family group leader, small group leader, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, you know, we're just we're just volunteers over here. But, um, you know. I have done a lot of just kind of observing of kids, right? Mm-hmm. Mostly middle school uh, students, because that's kind of the environment that I'm in. But, you know, um, also other places, other ages. But we just really noticed, you know, some themes with, um, you know, originally I was going to say with, with kids growing up in a home where there's not a dad. Um, okay. Because, you know, I mean, there's a lot of that going around. Uh, but it's it's not even just that. It's also, I would say, places where just homes where the dad is just not, not present, not around, not available, right? Um, and it's just interesting and we were we were talking about some friends uh that we i know i'm kind of struggling to get the words out here but um some some friends that have you know have boys especially not to say this doesn't involve girls but this is just like anecdotal evidence right just the people we know uh some boys that are that are coming up and are not really introduced how to be men, right? Um, and I kind of, you know, Sean and I were talking about this, and so I was asking her some questions, and it turns out, like, one of the things this had in common is just there was not a 
dad, or even I'll say like a, an adult male figure, like primary in the picture. Right. Okay. And which is, which is, I was going to say funny. It's not funny. It's interesting though, because, um, especially like where we go to church and some of the circles we run in, like, I know a lot of people, like a lot of, a lot of dudes, like a lot of, a lot of men that are, um, you know, they, they hunt, <laughs> they fish, they have blue collar jobs, right? They, manly men. They, they're, yeah. I mean, more manly than I am for sure. Like, oh, I'm like a lady big time. They're compared to them, you know, <clears throat> drive the big old trucks and, and everything else. Right. And Man, it's, I want a um, truck. <laughs> anyways, um, <laughs> Sorry. but that, um, you know, that some of the boys that are being, are being raised into young men are not, are not kind of following those footsteps. And so it just, it kind of got the conversation going and, you know, um, I'm not going to say I'm a, I'm a perfect parent, but I do remember now where this conversation got started off. And it was that, um, you know, we we're talking about, we we're talking about Pierce a little bit and how he just, uh, nothing crazy, just how he, his, his favorite thing is to be outside. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he loves, he loves guns and knives and the woods and just the whole thing. Right. Um, and it's not like it's not really something he even got from me because I enjoy being outside. I enjoy hiking and camping, a lot of this kind of stuff, too. But like he is he literally is like rejuvenated when he goes outside. Like it's his favorite place to be. Like right now, he's probably out walking the dog because he just enjoys being outside. Um, and uh, so we were just talking about that. And, you know, I started. I started looking at some of the, some of the boys that are in, uh, in the group that I lead and thinking about the ones that really need some direction. Um, and then also the ones that are, you know, and granted, I know, I know this much, right. I, I can only see what I see once or twice a week. So, right. Again, anecdotal evidence, but what I'm, what I'm, what I'm seeing is, you know, you can really spot one where it's like, okay, that, that one, he really needs, um, he needs a role model. And those are the places where the dad is not, where the dad is not present. Um, uh, and as I was thinking about talking about this, like, I really don't want kind of the single parent to be, to be listening to this and getting bummed out and being like, whatever, you don't get me because, you know, one thing that Joby says is that, you know, where, um, where the ideal is lacking, that grace abounds. And I love that. I love that line. Um, and I think there's really some truth there. And I think, uh, you know, even, even those of us where we have a two parent household where the mom and the dad are as engaged as they can be, and they're really doing their best to be involved in the kids' lives and raising them to be, you know, to be good kids that, that love God and, you know, um, you know, are just good citizens, good Americans, citizens, you know, they, they hold down a job, they pay their taxes, yada, yada, yada. Right. Yeah. Um, they serve their communities, all these kinds of things, but like even us, and I probably see this more so than you, but I mean, um, to an extent, even with little kids, you can see this is that like, it takes more than just like, the individual family unit unit to raise a child. And um, so even with ours, even the fact that like I work from home, so I see my boys a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I try to be involved with them as much as humanly possible, but even, even them, they need other influences, both male and female in their lives. And so we are constantly saying, Hey, in your community, you have this guy and this guy and this guy, and you need to keep, you need to keep those relationships going. You need to, you know, we have like, especially 1122. It's great. Like they both have a lot of male leaders in their life who love Jesus, who would like nothing more than to take them out and buy them lunch and just listen to how, yep. you know, things they're struggling with things. They need prayer for things. They, you know, uh, places they need to grow where, you know, whatever it is. And so, so anyway, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on this, especially because, you know, you are, uh, you are a youth pastor and you probably mm -hmm. see a whole lot of this. Um, 
But yeah, you know, those are just some themes that really, that really stuck out. And I mean, it's kind of weird, but it, again, it's, it's, it's not like, it sounds like the total cliche thing to say, but you can really spot when you have, um, when you have, and, and, and we've seen this, in, we've seen this in girls too. Um, I have boys, so that's why I'm talking about boys. Sure. Cause that's, that's kind of, you know, what my eyes are drawn to, you know, they're, they're peers. Um, so that's what I, that's what I see, but, um, you know, Shauna serves in students as well. And I know, um, she sees this and, um, in her, uh, in her realm as well. So yeah, I guess I'll stop and just see, uh, what you have to say. <laughs> I was hoping for a question. Um, first I think what I'll do is we'll release, we have a unused episode there was a bonus episode where we discussed legacy and student ministry from when you guys first jumped in um, from a couple, probably about six weeks ago now. So I think in tandem with this episode or not too long after this episode, we'll release that one. So if you're listening to this, pay close attention for a bonus episode to kind of follow up this conversation or to complement this conversation. Um, Secondly, yeah, man, student, I guess you're talking more so student behavior. Uh, and then we are we are drawing a conclusion that part right nature versus nurture environment versus uh, what's the other one? Um, I don't remember now. Uh, but, you know, are playing into that that one of the things playing into this behavior, the conclusion we're coming to is a lack of a parent in the home or a lack of a parent within that's intentional in the home. Um I think first of all, for single parents that are listening, like don't be discouraged. Um I was technically raised by a single parent. My parents were divorced, so we were traded off every once in a while, you know, throughout the week. But my parents were divorced when I was finishing up middle school and so i spent my high school years raised primarily primarily by my mother and um which but she was really good at being intentional with us as well as intentionally finding men to help speak to the boy language inside of us i, I think i mean this might be this might be really harsh but um Boys and girls are different. So you need to find the men and women who speak to the boy and the girl. You, 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 moms, you're doing great. But it's okay to say, let me go somewhere to find a young man or a, a younger, you know, younger male adult or an older male adult to speak into my son. Dads. Go find a woman at church to speak to your daughter about woman stuff. It's not a conversation you want to have all the time or that honestly we're that equipped to handle. God designed it to be man and woman in a marriage with kids on purpose because we can handle parts of our kids that the other can't or vice versa. Um, you know, eventually, Chad, you now get around to having the sex talk. I have a little girl. If it was a boy, I wouldn't be as worried. But it's a little girl. I don't know how I'm gonna do that. Um, you had boys, so I'm sure you felt fine. Shauna might have felt a bit out of place, but knowing Shauna, she probably handled it like a champ. Um, but you know, my mom, my mom didn't have that conversation with us. Now we had conversations in regards to sex, but I think it was a peace of mind for her to know that our father had at least given us the anatomy lesson anatomy lesson. So Yeah, and I th I think we're <clears throat> I think we're where I and and I know the parents I know I feel like especially those that you know don't have the mom and dad involved they would say hey I want to be that primary influencer um, I think one thing that parents and to be frank the kids when they get to that middle school high school age um, I don't know that any of them know the. the the people they have access to in their community that like genuinely want to help and really right. want to be part of your community. And it's like, 
I tell I tell my boys this. They 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 probably roll their eyes at this point. I'm like, look, literally all you have to do is go up to somebody that you wouldn't mind confiding in and say, I need to talk or I need help or, hey, can we get together? And they like it's actually part of their job, right? In the yeah. church, yeah. Uh, the people, um, you know, uh, you know the 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 staff, right? Um, yeah. But then there's but then there's other other people who like I got to tell you, if one of my if one of my buddies or you know one of Shauna's friends came to us and said, "Hey, really, we would just like another perspective. Would you mind talking to my kid about X?" Hell yeah, let's let's do it. Like I would like <laughs> nothing more than to um be able to be that that community yeah. for somebody else. And I think I don't know if it's pride or what, or people just think that you know others just don't don't really care or or whatever. Um, I don't I don't want to think that you know a parent can't do you know, X or, you know, whatever it is, but, um, I just, you know, we're, <coughs> there's, we weren't designed to be lone rangers. No. And, uh, I, I just, I think if people realized that there are people out there that are willing and really are just waiting to be asked to, you know, to step in and, and fill that role of just being part of your community. I don't know. That's yeah. where, I, I guess that's where I land. Yeah, and and I wanted to say that just to just kind of bring some encouragement and maybe a little bit of challenge to some of, some of the single parents potentially listening to this because I know they're out there and I, mean, I was raised by one. It's not easy, right? It's not easy, and so just like you said, just lean into that community. Even if you're not a believer yeah. and you're just like, where do I even start? Man, just find a local church, see if they have a youth ministry, ask a lot of questions. Most of the time, the church does not care if you believe before you come. And they hopefully have a staff or a team of volunteers and a staff member who, yes, the whole while, yes, there is definitely the they want your child to know Jesus. Part of that is they also just want to love on your child. And so even if you don't believe in Jesus, you don't care. But you're like, man, my kid needs just a healthy role model because I want him to be a productive member of society. Start there. And then maybe go to the Y. I don't know. You know, um, I don't know if YMCA still does some of that, but uh, kind of back, I guess, to your original, like you're noticing even with some kids where parents are in the home, um, dads are present, but their children are acting buffoons. Part of it, Chad, is man, it's just middle school. <laughs> <laughs> like you're just you're at an age where I think most of us have forgotten how we were in middle school to start um, probably due to a variety of reasons part of it being a hormonal development and so much changing all at once that your body's like yeah I just don't think this is a core memory um, I had a when I was teaching we had a, a teacher instructor aides person I forgot what she was um higher up on staff but she used to say that like seventh graders become aliens like they just all bets are off like any form of humanity just gone um and so i think that's part of it like part of what you and shauna might be seeing is it, it might be at least at a base level just normal middle school their hormones are up one day and then they crash the next day and so one day they're like you're awesome man and like you're the best friend. And then the next day they're, they're just like, I hate you get out of my face. And, and imagine like you're, you see this once, maybe twice a week. Like you mentioned, like if you see one of your students on Sunday, it might be a little bit different from Wednesday. Their parents are having to swim through all that. Now, my, then my follow-up question is to what extent is the parent actually involved in the home? And I think it's funny. I mean, I know you're drawn on my career, you know, like, oh, he's the youth pastor. I think I saw this more when I was an educator. And there's some of it in student oh, I'm ministry. Sure. There's some of it in student ministry as well. I do have, we have one one girl who, um, I don't know if parents are divorced or mom died, but dad's remarried and 
they definitely are there I mean, and she's not middle school so she's a little bit older but they're like like she's like running away from home and like they're beefing and you know he's called me because he was trying to find her and like i was like dude i i know i didn't like she's not been a student ministry i haven't seen her you know that's some of the stuff that you have to walk through as a student pastor you're like this can be really hard and um you know i've obviously heard her side as far as like home life is kind of tough but then there's him talking about like how she doesn't respect, she doesn't obey and hearing the tone of voice, you know, and it's hard because as a humans, we just want to make assumptions, you know, like it's probably, it's like, okay, you want her to obey, but in what, in what way are you requesting obedience? You know, what's the manner by which you, you would, you demand or expect obedience because that will determine how somebody follows you. The, the way you ask or expect obedience or submission will determine the way in which they do it. And, um, but, you know, I don't know how much of that either is, is him speaking out of whatever the, 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 the issue was between he and his wife or, or previous wife, or, you know, if she passed again, I don't remember the story. I just know the student and I know that she comes with a lot of brokenness that also comes with a lot of drama. Like she would be the one where I'd probably be like, yeah, she's got a lot of drama that I think is coming from some of the fact like she had technically has two parents in the home as far as like he's remarried, but that then comes to, okay, so what level of attention? And that's where I saw this in education. Like, okay, so you're the parent. Are you spending time with your kid? Are you disciplining your kid? At which point did you decide, no, no, they got this. I'm, I'm going to be done disciplining my kid. Um, it's we were talking with some friends there and I, you know, they, we've got some friends who are expecting their first kid. And so we're all hanging out and chatting and I forget who was bringing it up. But one of them was talking about how just turning off TV, putting the phone away and spending even just 30 minutes of eye to eye, face to face time with your like newborn toddler you know infant younger child just does wonders for your relationship for their development for you i don't think we should lose that in fact i wonder if that time needs to grow now it might not be 30 minutes a day it might be that you do an hour and a half on a saturday and then it's 15 minutes throughout each day because we're all busy your kids are in school School's putting a lot more pressure on students than ever before. I mean, I think it's ridiculous. I'm just ranting at this point, but I think it's ridiculous that we ask students to sign up for all the sports with no kind of accountability as far as like, oh, you're signed up for softball, football, tennis, and swim. Yeah, go ahead. And on top of that, please keep your academics on the up and up because we're trying to be a ranked school in our state. Yeah. What? What? You're burning out a 14-year-old. And at, yeah, and at 14, sports is supposed to be fun. That's not a career yet. That's just you enjoy playing baseball with the homies. And like you're like, oh, I can do that in high school with my high school buds and occasionally travel to a different state. And cheerleaders are cute. Yeah, okay. Like, But then we sign them up for this. We keep them busy there. And then you come home and then your parents have X demands. I don't know. I just, I think, I think what's funny to me is I think the bigger discipline and, and issues with students or young people is not even necessarily ones who are missing a parent in the home, but are the ones who have both parents in the home, but parents who are completely checked out and oblivious. Yeah, that, yeah, that is uh that is a good word there. Um, wow. You know, uh, one thing, that I think you can contribute um, being from, you know, from your, uh, you know, youth pastorage. <laughs> youth pastorage. <laughs> um, I just, I just made that a thing. Not really. <sighs> is you can apply for youth pastorage. <laughs> is, you know, and, or, you know, or, or the teacher route too, but, you know, yeah. so, you are, you know, on a, on a good day, you are partnering with the parent for this kid to be discipled. Right. Yeah. So talk, talk a minute about how, how you want to, how you want to do that. So what is, you know, talk to the parent who's like, look, 
I just want my kid to have some Jesus rub off on them. Right. Uh, You know, maybe it'll, maybe it'll improve their grades. You know, maybe it'll make them be nicer to their brothers and sisters. (laughs) You know, I don't know, but you know, but you got that, you got that parent that's just dropping their kid off and be like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, now I, now I get to go recover because I'm just like, I'm done right now. Like, you know, so, um, so how, how, you know, what's, what's kind of your, what, what's your thoughts there? Like, what, what is it that, um, you know, that parents can do to help to, to partner with you? And, you know, wh- whether that is, you know, their, their youth pastor, if they go to a church where there is one, whether it's, you know, I don't know, the, the person at the, boys and girls club or the ymca or the yeah whatever so, right a student volunteer you know they're the volunteer leader or whoever right even small group leaders like the the bigger the church the more i think parents are going to spend time talking to the small group leader than they honestly are to the student director or student pastor um to the staff person yeah now, that's a good point the staff person should still be in touch with the parents should still have FaceTime with the parents should have some form of a contact not just to pass along information, but also because there's times where they, because they are the staff person, they need to be involved on conversations that are of a heavier nature, primarily to protect both student, parent, leader, and the church. Um, And those aren't easy. And, and, and I pray that those are few, you know, the, the sitting on some of those conversations are so difficult. Um, But, Large the church you go, the more I think your your small group leaders are the ones. Just from personal experience, when I was a small group leader at a really large church, because we were part of the North Point circuit, so they get big. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yes, the parents knew who I was. Like my, I guess my direct report, as it were, the staff person that I reported to. But they would text me, "Hey, man, my middle schooler is, you know, he he wants he he, he told me that you offered to buy him lunch." can we make that happen? Like, um, they'd call me first. Hey, little Timmy. He was, he was feeling around in class. That's a true story, by the way. Um, and, and it's like, okay. Hey, can he talk to you? Yeah. 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 So to speak to that, I think a parent, man, get the, get the phone number. First of all, get the phone number of the kid, of the person of the adult who is responsible for whether it's the discipleship or the the mentorship or whatever that time is being spent to get their phone number. Um, and then just check in with them. You know, I think, I think they, they have a lot of insight to share. So, so like text them, Hey, actually I have a few parents who do this. They might not always text me, but you know, we've got a couple, and this is this is one of those single parents, and and she's great. I mean, she's great. Her son has issues, but he, it's more so he's just an eighth grader, and COVID also like, COVID really jacked up a lot of social cues for a lot of kids. It jacked up a oh, lot yeah. of education. Like, we're also facing that, right? And everything's behavior. Some of it's literally just like, you paused society for two years, or you put intense restrictions on societal norms for two years. And you somehow expect there to be no kind of consequence to that. Okay. But she's sweet enough that she will text me after a Wednesday night. How'd he do? Did he do okay? Did he listen? Did he pay attention? Hey, yeah, he did great. Yeah. You know, there's this goofy thing here. And she asked for advice. But like, I think for the parent, like, just man, just, just reach out. Like, if you're concerned, if you're concerned about your student or you want to be more intentional, I think start there. Like maybe you're a parent who who feels convicted and you're like, I want to spend some better face to face time, but I don't know where to start with my kid. Like, I don't even know what his interests are. And let's hope it's not that extreme. I guarantee you, your small, the small group leader of your kid knows what they like. Send a text. Hey, I know you've been spending time with David. What, um, what is Dave, what, what does David like to do? Like, I want to take him out and treat him. Oh, well, actually, David likes playing Fortnite. Okay. Maybe you need to sit down and like hang out with him while he plays Fortnite and ask him questions. Maybe he just tells you he likes pizza. I don't know, you know, and I apologize. My camera's shaking. Uh, my cat is moving the camera because that's what cats do. 
So I think for partnering, there's something to be said for just having that open line of conversation. And your small group leaders, by signing up to serve and, and by being an adult responsible for a child, especially a child not their own, are going to be and should be. And if they're not, you have a red flag. Okay with that line of, of, of communication. Because ultimately, they're there for the betterment of your kid. And so yes. if, they're, if they, for some reason, see your text come through and give you the squirrel around on a conversation about not their kid, but your kid, I have concerns about that adult. I have some serious red flag issues, especially if we're talking inside the context of a church. Now, I'm aware that there's, you know, certain adults are enrolled. Like if it's a therapist, they have certain rules they got to play by. But if this is an adult volunteer... And something comes up, A, they should probably have already told their staff report. Like, I'm a mandatory reporter. If something yeah. comes up yeah, in a small are, group. Yeah, we are as well, yeah. If something comes up in a small group that is is one of the, I like to use North Point's language, the three hurts. So I'm hurting myself, I'm hurting oh, yeah. others, or I'm being hurt. That's an instant moment where I should be alerted, and then I have to follow through the steps of mandatory reporting, or at least investigating further. Okay, was this an event that occurred, you know, in the last week? Is this something that happened three months ago? Like, try to get some more details and context, depending what the situation is, right? Or is this is this a threat too? Okay, let's see how can I, you know, contact a parent and 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 start talking with that. But like, they should be. What I'm trying to get at is they should be not only expectant of an open line of communication, they should be welcoming of it. Because their goal is the same as yours, especially if you're reaching out, you are communicating to that leader that you are invested in your child and your student and you want to see them grow and you want to see them be better. And so they should be more than willing to partner with you. And if they're not, I just I have some serious issues about that adult. Yeah, and my, you know, my my experience, both being in a youth group and now being a a volunteer in one um, and, you know, and just talking to you about, you know, some of your experience, um, you know, it really sounds like the bottom line is on, you know, on this side of the equation, it's like, we just want like interaction with the parent, like, Hey, partner with us, right? Yeah. We're here. Like we want to show up to your kid's baseball game. We want to, you know. Uh, we want to be, you know, we want to be involved. We want to be, um, be a partner with you. And, um, you know, I saw that as the parent as well. Um, to the point where I'm like, Hey, you aren't really sure what's going on with this. You're not really talking to me about it. Would you be more comfortable talking with this person? Yep with your small group leader, with your youth pastor, whoever. Um, and in some cases it was like, no, I'll talk. I just need, you know, I need a little time. Fine. Or yeah, you know, that might, that might be helpful. Are they willing? I'm like, are they willing? I was there the last time they told you they do it. Heck yeah, they are. <laughs> you know, again, it's their job. Um, and they got, they feel they feel called by God to do this on a daily basis. So yes. Yep. Um, but yeah, so really, really seeing it on from, from both sides, it's like the, the, the leader wants to partner with you. Um, I mean, we're, we're actually going through this right now. And, you know, we're reading that, that book, the, where you got the three hertz from. And I forget the name of it. And I, is it Lead Small? Yes, that okay. is it. That's in, it. It's I, I didn't a, know if y'all use Lead Small yeah. or not, but yes, that's a great mm -hmm. yes. And, it's and actually, I'm in I'm in the simple. middle of it, and I just read I just read that part, and okay. I'm like, that's great. And so one of the key themes in that book is, hey, create a safe space, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's I think that's the great thing that a church can do is the church is really separate from what you got going on at home, right? That kid shows up, they should be in a place where they feel like if they're ready, that they can engage 
with their adult leaders and know that um, that that leader will will take that information and do the appropriate thing with it, right? Yeah. So if there is one of the three hertz going on, that means they're going to re- they're going to yep. report it. Um, if that means like, hey, this is just like something we're going to pray with you about, you know, fine. But it's the you know the the providing a safe space. And I know there's a lot that goes into that. It's you know, um, but that is that is a huge thing. And I mean, I remember. I mean, you were a teenager too. You talked on this podcast about a lot of the stuff you went through as a teenager. You know, um, I was also a teenager, you know, my parents got divorced, you know, went going through all this stuff, grades, girls, you know, parents, you know, all the, all the <laughs> yeah. junk and just knowing on a Wednesday night I could freaking show up and I was going to have some food that was completely not healthy for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I had people that were there, you know, to love me, to care for me, to pray with me yeah. and to listen. Um, yeah. I, and I wouldn't have had these words as a teenager, but looking back on it now, I like that's exactly what it was when I needed somebody to talk to somebody that I could trust somebody that I knew would use some, you know, their biblical God given wisdom. Um, that was a place I went and, and now being kind of the, you know, on the volunteer side of it, I really see like just begging, like, Hey, we are here. Like, we are here. Use us. You know what I mean? And so, um, so yeah, we kind of went, we kind of went down the, uh, <laughs> down the student ministry road we did, but, um, I don't know. I just, I saw that and I, I remember kind of shaking my fist in the air and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you have a community. You should use it <laughs> when it comes to your kids. You know, when it comes to other stuff too, I mean, for you know, for real. Um, we're, yeah, we're, we're creatures created to have a pack. And there are very few of us who succeed in isolation. But honestly, I don't know if survival should be equated to success. Even if survival looks like success, there's still some kind of damage and harm. And I'm talking about guys like Elon Musk, who, you know, I don't think he's got a community. He's definitely out there kind of running his own show. And he's successful, but what's the emotional stuff he's carrying around? Like, have you ever read Elon Musk's story? There's a lot of hurt in that story. Even if he doesn't yeah, call it hurt, it. and he calls it motivation, and he calls it whatever, but, you know, I, I challenge the listeners to go and, and listen, find somewhere where you can kind of briefly read how Elon Musk, where he started and how he ended up here and some of the stuff that he's endured. So, um. Well, I'll just say the original conversation started off with, you know, kids and some misbehavior. And I, I think kind of to kind of come back to that part of it really is just age. Part of it is the COVID social snafu. And I think the other part of it is um, if it if it is a parental thing. I would just challenge that parent to to kind of double check how much time they're spending with their with their child. And then there might be, and, and this is true too, like there might be some people listening to this who are good parents, who are involved, who care, who have their students plugged into some form of a community where they have adult mentorship, uh, whether it's scouts or church or the YMCA or whatever. Um who, yeah, their students just acting out. And honestly, I don't have an answer for you other than we are all created uniquely. And sometimes we just go through seasons where and we act out because we don't know how to process our hormones. We don't know how to process a new thought that we're having about ourselves or about somebody else. Um I mean, there's just so much that the human travels through in their lifetime. And to think that so much of our development occurs in middle school and high school. And then that's also when you're like waking up to the idea of sex. That's when you will probably experience a family member dying or a friend passing away. Because guess what? You're driving. So are all your friends. And like that crap happens. 
And so now you're facing mortality at the age of 17 going, so how long do I actually have on this planet? No wonder you're going to act out. And that could be with the best parents in the world who are open arms, asking all that could be like professional therapists in the room. It don't matter because you're just in your head. You don't know how to explain or articulate. So I think, I mean, if there's anything, maybe just, I think we just need to become, and while there's something we said, Chad, I know you kind of started off with this whole, like, they got dads who are men and blah, 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 and act like men and whatever, masculinity. But there's something for just learning the art of articulation and asking really good questions that are open-ended. Learning to identify feelings, learning to learning to put words to emotions that way it strips the power from the emotion and you can walk through it. Um, Cause I guarantee you the students you're witnessing, some of them probably have great parents and they're acting out because something at school triggered a thought and it's a thought they can't get out of here. And so they're either trying to self-medicate it, trying to cope with it, trying to process it. And they don't have the language behind any of it. Yeah, and I, I don't really, I don't mean it to sound like all the parent, all the all the kids who have two great parents at home that they're, you know, they're very well behaved and stuff. No, like again, right, middle school. Yeah. I remember <laughs> being in seventh grade and just sitting, and I, I mean, and my mom will tell you this. This is not me having like an inflated view of myself. I was like, I was a rule follower, right? Yeah. But even then, I would just blurt stuff out in class. Like somebody would tell me a word that was inappropriate. I didn't know what it mean. I just yell it out. I figure out what it means. You know. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is middle school. This is middle. This is the place you where you said so, what in class. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm That's not great. saying that my mom found out. Uh, <laughs> um. No, but like, the thing is, I have um started getting fairly good at saying okay in this situation there's some trouble on the yeah. home front yeah and i'm right and i don't want to be right i want to be wrong you know yeah um and i don't know we just, you know in this day and age it's, it's like it's, you know we don't we don't think these things are these things are true but um there's there's an attack on the home and so if we're speaking to the kids where there's trouble on the home front Part of it is recognizing if we're going to go the spiritual route, that there is an open attack on the home. If if there's anything that is inside of God's design, then there is an equal attack opposing it. Um, Whether that is portraying an image of a family model that goes against the one God created, whether that is the destruction of a family entirely, while through introducing, you know, infidelity or a death in the family, whatever. And granted, that that's putting some extremes and putting some absolutes that aren't accurate. A death in the family may not be an attack of the enemy. That might be one where God is saying, okay, now will you trust me? I don't want to say that the enemy's out here causing car wrecks just to blow up a family, but in general, in culture, there is an attack on the home. Um, it doesn't even have to wreck a marriage. It could just be the, the influx of culture through social media. And therefore students are, are recognizing things and, and you have that. So speaking speaking to that, I think whether you're a parent or honestly at this point I'm gonna speak to like kind of like to you, Chad, and to like leaders, I think it's great that you're identifying that. I think then to you, what are you doing for that student? Man, if yeah, and, and they got a tough I, home life, like how are what are you doing to help walk with them? And even that's really never where get better. I was just I was just thinking of a few things that I've seen, and that's really where the safe space comes in. And that's something that I've really been trying to do, but really until we read that lead small book, like I didn't really have the words for it, right? Because I know, like I know kids are coming in with with whatever, and I just want I want this to be a place that is um that's safe and is welcoming and inviting and Right. And they're going to, I mean, while they're here, they're going to get the gospel, right. They're Mm going to have the opportunity to engage and um, you know, we want them to feel like they can share what they, what they want to share and just making that a safe, 
a safe place for them to do all that. And, you know, um, as we've seen develop uh, relationships develop, um, we've, we've seen a couple instances where you literally see the person's countenance change. Um, you see, and Sean and I have both seen this in different places where it's like, Oh, look, that is the Holy Spirit working because now that I know some about this particular situation, there's no way that that person would come to that conclusion, right? There's no way that that person would want to, you know, go and reconcile with, with what, you know, with this other yeah. person. And um, so you see that and that, you know, that obviously is a move of the Holy Spirit and that's nothing that we can do on our own, but, you know, um, and if you watch the vision uh, sermon from this weekend, you also uh, heard Pastor Joby give that analogy of, you know, I can't do this, but I can set up the dates, right? Yeah. I can put it in, I can, I can expose you to this truth and, you know, let the Lord do what he's going to do. And if we are creating a safe environment for these kids to hear that and then to break off into their you know, smaller groups and to ask a question at the risk of sounding dumb and, you know, asking a question, you know, in, in their eyes that, you know, they should already know the answer to, but no, this is going to be received with grace and, you know, um, be able to engage with that. Uh, so I, that's really what we're doing, you know, having that safe environment and developing those relationships. I mean, that's really what I can do. And I'm with them for what? Maybe a couple hours, right? Um, in the middle of the week. And and that's that's really it. Um, there are, you know, a few of these situations, my heart just breaks and I'm like, you know what? I really I really, um, you know, and there's some things where I'm like running after them to the car, you know, just wanting to see the parents' face, wanting to say, "Hey," you know, introduce myself. And sometimes it, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't happen. But yeah, um, you know, that's just that's kind of where that that's where I'm at. And when, um, again, when we kind of started having this conversation a few days back, it's just I don't know, man. It. Um, it's it's a thing and i wish it wasn't a thing but um you know what are you gonna do like uh yeah it, it, i i don't know in some cases i think the enemy is at work in some cases it's just you know it's um you know can it be a demon sure uh can it be a product of a broken world Sure. Can it just be that you're dumb and you make stupid decisions? Also, <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, can be a mixture of all of those things. Yes. Right. Like w w an enemy comes in, like if somebody's going to break into your car, right. They're going to go jiggle the handles and find the door that's open. Right. They don't necessarily need to break a window. It's true. If they can find the one that's easy for them to get into. Right. If the, if the soil is, if the soil's good and, you know, the, uh, the environment is set. They're going to, they can, so it can be, you know, I guess what I'm saying is it can be a mixture of mixture of things, but, you know, honestly, like I don't necessarily care how, you know, such and such family, like how it started. I am just, I'm just there to, you know, to do what I can to, to love on that yeah. individual and to help that, to help that family. Um, you know, because the, the bottom line is we know that some of these kids will leave their faith, right? And not to say that I can save anybody, but just if there's anything I can do to kind of point them back and help them to engage, like that might be all I can do Yeah, on a Wednesday night or whatever. <clears throat> and if that's it, hey, I'm, I'm down. Um, because I'm there, I'm, I'm, you know, my, my kids are there, so I'm hanging out with them. I get to see my wife too. You know, we're kind of all there together and, um, you know, hanging out with some other kids. 
uh, and I'm I'm working on my Super Smash Bros. game so I can go in there and lay the smack down. But that is still that's going to take uh, <laughs> Judas still discipling me in that art. There so you go. There that'll you take go. some time. Oh yeah, Super Smash Bros. ain't no thing. Ain't oh no my goodness, oh, it's infuriating. Yeah, mostly because I'm so awful <laughs> at it. But there you go. All right, man. That was that was a lot. That was heavy. yeah. But hopefully, for those of you listening out there, that was uh, even though it might have been a little tough at times or a little convicting. I hopefully there was a grain in there of some kind of encouragement or a a challenge because I mean. They're worth it. Kids are worth it. Yeah. And I mean, I think, uh, you know, the, if I'm going to have my closing argument here, it's, um, it's that, you know, you've got people around you in your community that are there ready and willing to help. Mm -hmm. Um, they care. And yeah. And so those that go to my church and, you know, their kids come to the youth group, like, Hey, like let's let's start that conversation. And I'm trying to be more intentional to have conversations with with parents too. Cause but it's hard, right? It's like, you know, late in the middle of the week, it's a school night, kid get in the car, let's go. Like I, you know, I get that too. So um, but yeah, I, I yeah, it's not it's not condemnation in any way. It's just like, oh hey, I'm kind of seeing a yeah. pattern here. Let me talk to the youth pastor. But the the youth pastor went all like psychology on me. <laughs> <laughs> my brain my brain runs in that route. I don't know what hey. answer you were hoping to hear, but no, no, no. It's I uh, I actually I actually like psychology. You know, it's very interesting how the brain and personalities and all that work. Like, so I'm yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah. Well, on that note, good sir, and to those of you listening out here. Till next time, this report is closed. See ya. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. You can support us by sharing the show with your friends and family. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Want more The Dad Report? Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and even join the community over on Discord. Don't forget to send us your dad jokes for a chance to be featured on the show. Remember the words of Billy Graham about fatherhood. A good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. So if you are a dad, we're cheering you on. If you have a dad, be kind to him. And if you know a dad... Tell them about our podcast.